Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Ayin Vav. We are on Ayin Hamma Bays, the Mishnah, about a, a fifth of the way down, a fifth of the way from the top, from the bottom of the page. Va'oid klal acher amru. So the truth is that that first Gemara we learned in Paraklal Gadol, the Gemara asked, uh, "Why are you calling it Klal Gadol?" And we said, "Oh, because another Mishnah later on says va'oid klal acher." So this is the Mishnah. Va'oid klal acher amru. Another klal was said regarding carrying on Shabbos. The Mishnah says like this, any item that, that is kosher latznia, that means someone would actually use it, it's useful, and it's the proper size that one would use uh, you know, t- to store. Now we're using the term storage, meaning it's something that actually people will think about as opposed to just throwing it in the garbage, you know, useless. And you carried something like this. So in two conditions, it has to be uh, an item that that's worth something, and people, and it's a size that people value. You know, paper is worth something, but you know, once it's very small, nobody cares about it. So matzni and kamayu. So then vahitzi b'shabes you do haitzah chayev chatos. The flip side, v'kol she'enay kosher latznia, and whatever is not fitting that people would actually you know store, put away, or or it's not the size that people would put away. So you're not chayvachatos except hamatzniyah. Someone who, for him, he has a, I don't know, he has a stamp collection, and for him these stamps are worth something or whatever the situation is where a person personally, uh, you know, is machshiv. He he thinks this item is considered a. Uh, useful, so for him, he would violate Shabbos by carrying it. But everyone else, since it's not normal, one would not uh, violate Shabbos. Only the person that for him it's important. So the Gemara is going to explain what exactly is going on in this Mishnah. So the Mishnah said, anything that's fitting that people put away, what's it coming to exclude? What is not useful? Rav Papa Amar, talking about Damnida, nobody uh, saves that. So the, the Rishonim. Grapple with this. What does it mean? It means uh, a beggar that has damnida. What do you mean? Maybe she has a, a, a wife, a, a woman will show it to a rav. So maybe it's after she already had a psak. So then it's useless. What are they going to do with it? Or it means the dam itself, not the beggar. But either way, damnida, nobody's carrying it around. So it would be considered uh, not not useful. So nobody's walking around with it. So putter. Sorry. Let's say a person has wood from an asherah tree. An asherah tree is wood that was used in service of Avodah Zarah. So that is Asr Bahana. And nobody uh, saves it. What are you going to save it for? So therefore, you carry that on Shabbos. You will not be chayev achatas. So man da amar dam nida. The one who says dam nida because that's not considered chash of kolshkein. That's atzi asherah. For sure, atzi asherah. Not only... Is it not useful? Your usher, it's, it's forbidden to have any use from it. So, of course, Atsia Shera would not be uh, considered carrying on Shabbos Midaraisa. Umanda Amar Atsia Shera, but the one who holds only Atsia Shera, maybe that there's there's a, uh, there's no use that's allowed. Aval Damnida, Damnida, maybe you could find something you'll use it for. What would they use it for? Matzner Leila Shunra. They'd use it to feed the cat. So this is your ancient cat food. And, uh, okay, so there's still a use for it, as opposed to Atsia Shera, where there's no use. You can't feed your animal with this. So, uh, that, by the way, many of the places can bring, there's a discussion in Hilchus Chametz and in Hilchus Basar Bechalov. Can a person feed a dog uh, Basar Bechalov? What will be the problem? It's Asr Bahana. One is not allowed to, to, uh, to, uh, to, 
feed an animal things that are usher bahana. That's that's the shaila. So when it's your dog, everyone agrees it's usher. So when it's not, let's see. Pesach time. So if you if you uh, purchase fish food, many fish foods have wheat in it as the first ingredient. Or uh, dog food can have chametz, or can also have basur b'chalav. So the CRC, I don't know if we still do it. There's a dog food company called I think it's Avengers or something, where we used to certify them that it's treif, but not basur b'chalav because basur b'chalav is only when. It's Gediba Chalevimai, which means it's a kosher animal that was cooked in kosher milk. But let's say you have pig with milk or chicken and milk. That's not Basu B'chal of Midaraisa. So a person is allowed to have Hana from pork and milk. You just can't have Hana from fleshiks and, and uh, milk is cooked together. So there's a Shiloh. Can a person feed an animal that's not yours? What about a, a, a Hefker animal? So discussion, the Prichadr says that perhaps you get Hana, it feels good to serve, to give a, to give a, you know, a, a stray cat, you give him something that's Asr Bana. I'm sorry, you give, you give him something, so you're getting some Hana that uh, feels good to be able to give in life. And other places can say, no, only when it's your dog where you're saving, you know, dollars, because instead of feeding him french fries, you're, see, you're, you're feeding him Basr B'chalav, so you're saving money on, on your Isr Hana. But interesting discussion, the Paiskim. So from this Gemara, it sounds like that Dam Nido, which is not Asr Bana, you would feed your dog. But Atse Ashera, or whatever Ashera thing, you would not be able to feed an animal. Okay, so according to this Mandam, according to my, to, to, uh, my Okva, it's only Atse Ashera that will be uh, excluded from things that people store, but Damnida is Matsunalei Lashunra, a person would feed his cat, Vidah, and our papa who says there's no uh, th- there's no uh, reason people would store Damnida, even though you can feed it to your cat. Why? So Kevin the Khosha, since a person would get weakened by feeding the Damnida to his cat, Loi Matsnalei. So therefore they would not Store it to feed it to the cat. Now, why you get weak? Not so sure. There's a Taisvis Anida. Taisvis Anida says that when anything that comes from a person, he gives an example of fingernails. That that the reason why we're so mocked on fingernails that to uh, throw them in the garbage is because anything that comes out of a person, if it's improperly stored, improperly used, it ends up harming the person. Uh, I'll be Kabbalah. I don't really understand these things, but this is another source for that. Okay, next. This halacha that that uh, if you look at Rashi, meaning the first part of the mission, the mission said, anything that people commonly use, if you bring it out to Rosh Hashanah, you're chayev. Now that sounds like even if I personally don't really care about this item, as long as it's the norm to carry this, to use it, then that's called caring. So that's Deloy Kirabi Shimon. Why? Because the Igrab Shimon, if it's like Rab Shimon, Ha'amar he holds. Rab Shimon holds, it depends. Everything is subjective. It depends on the person. If you're a wealthy person, you would never carry around a half a tissue or, uh, I don't know, uh, an empty water bottle. You're never going to fill it back up, you know, later on. Things that you would never carry around. According to Rab Shimon, you are not violating Hitzah and Shabbos. But if the Tanakhama holds, the, the town of our mission holds with the pens, whatever's normal. Most people would carry an empty water bottle to fill it up later on. The wealthy guy who would never be seen, you know, refilling his water bottle, you look at every gas station today, they, they don't allow refills on, the, on your coffee cups, on your Slurpees. No refills allowed due to COVID-19. But, you know, dur- during the year, people do. People fill up their cups, they refill it. So since that would be normal, 
the Mishnah holds, it's, also, it's, it's considered caring. Rabbi Shimon holds, no, it, it's subjective. It depends on each individual. Next, anything that's not kashalatsniya, people do not typically store. So only the person that stores it himself, he decides subjectively that he likes this thing. So then he would personally be chayiv a chatos, but everyone else would be putter. I'm Rabbi Lazar. Ha deloy k'rab Shimon Lazar. This is not like the sheet of Rab Shimon Lazar. Titania, we looked in a bright the clout of Rab Shimon Lazar. Kol she'enoi kosher lahatsniyoi. Anything that's not typically uh, used, stored aside, or anything that's not stored aside, you know, to, with this size, that's smaller than the typical shear, which we would say is not a problem of Hitzah. However, and one person comes along, Ruvain decides, I like this thing. I have my collection of, I don't know, of stamps. And he puts it aside, he keeps it, he, he's and someone else comes and he takes it out on Shabbos. Fascinating Chiddush. Not only do we say that the person that for, for the normal person on the street, there's no hate suffer this thing because nobody cares about it. Comes along, Ruvain, he has a stamp collection. He cares about these things. Chayev. That's what the Mishnah says. Comes of Shimon Elazar, an extra chiddish. Not only does the guy who has a stamp collection, even if you go to someone else's house and he is a collector's item, whatever, he, he's very into half tissues or empty water bottles, and you take it out. So since this person uh, was machshivit, so that would be a problem of Hitzah. So that's the uh, Chiddush of Rabbi Shimon Elazar, but the Tana of our Mishnah did not go with that. This also brings up the discussion we had many times already about Achshaveh, of, of if you consider something food, if you consider something we had it by Hitzah, if you consider something Dalad Dalad, so there's a concept that if you that if you give significance to it, the Torah views it as if it's the it's the sheer, it's the uh, it's considered achila. Over here will be considered something useful. Just an interesting maramakim. Next, the Mishnah says hamoiti teven, someone who carries out straw. What's the minimum shear? Kimloi pipara, the amount to to uh, feed or to fill the mouth of a cow, because that was what the cows would eat, and that's the that's the shear. If you carry less than that, so it's pachas mika shear. Atza, let's say you carry out atza. We'll, we'll see what this means. The Gemara says it's a teven shalmine kitness. It's some type of kidney. It's some type of bean uh, straw. So I don't know exactly what it is, but some type of legume that had a uh, had some. Uh, 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 what do you call it? A leaf attached to it. So that's the straw of kinnis. That's atza. So what's the minimum shear? Kimloi pigamo, the size of a camel's mouth, which is bigger than the cow's mouth, according to the Gemara. So you figure out it's a little bigger than that. Amir, what about stalks? Kimloi pitala, the size of the a mouthful for a sheep. Asavim, grass, kimloi pigadi, the size of a goat's mouth, because that's what goats eat. Ale shuv, ale betzal, we take leaves of garlic and leaves of onions, so it depends. Lachem, if they're moist, so it's uh, it's edible for people, so then it's kagroigeris, the shear of uh, grigeris, we had it by trina, we had it by lush, that's the that's the, that's called the, uh, the, the shear of a dried fig, so that's the shear we have when it comes to food on Shabbos, that's called itzah, that's called trina, so if it's moist, so it's edible for people. So that's the shear. But it's evasion. If it's dried out, so then it ends up being machal behema. So that's kimloi pigadi. That ends up 
the minimum shear is the size of the mouth of a goat. The ain would starf and However, let's say I took a half a mouthful of grass and a half a mouthful of of straw, they don't combine with each other. They have different uh, requirements, so it will be very difficult to figure out the math, and that is why they do not combine. The Gemara is going to explain, maybe we should combine it with we'll see in a moment. My atza, what is this atza that the Mishnah says? I'm Rabbi Huda, Tevin Shamini Kitness. It's some type of straw that comes out of the bean plant, so some type of a straw that comes out of Kitness. Ki Ravdimi Amar. When Ravdimi came to Eretz to, to Bavel, Amar, he said like this. Hamoitzi Tevin Kimloi Pipara. Someone who takes out straw, the, the size of a mouthful for a para. Now, if you, talk, if you took it out for your cow, you're definitely chayev for Hoytzah and Shabbos. That's the shear. But in this case, he did something different. He took it out to feed Legomo, to feed his camel. So what's the Shiloh? The Shiloh is, my machshava was to feed my camel. And I took less than the required shear for a camel. Rabbi Yechon says, Yerchayev, Yerchayev, what do you mean? Who cares what you had in mind? You took the size of, of a shear for a para, which is... We'll give it, uh, you know, you took the para shear. Even though the gumbo shear is bigger, you took the minimum shear. You should be chayev to bring the chatas. Rabshim Malakash Amar, Pater. Your Pater, we go by your kavana. Your kavana was to bring out for my for my camel. I didn't bring enough to feed my camel. That should not be called haitza. The arta, uh, at night, Amar Abyechen, had said this din at night. Let's suffer the next morning, Haderbei. He went back on what he said. And he decided that your potter like Rish Lakish. Now, the, the Pnei Yeshua points out that this is only a din by animals. You know, when it comes to people, we don't try to figure out how much I need to personally eat to make me full. We go by the shear of Kagro Garis. It's a, it's a chiddush by animals. Again, it, it, it's a schwer thing to think about. Why would we care... Why would we differentiate between animals and people? As long as you brought out a share that some animals could eat, you should be chayev. It's just an interesting point. But either way, the Gemara clearly is contemplating this. And according to uh, Rabbi Yechanan, originally you were chayev. According to Rabbi Yechanan, you were And for Arta, at night, I'm Rabbi Yechanan, but let's talk for the next morning, he went back on what he said, and he agreed that you are putter. It makes sense that you went back on what you said. You're trying to feed your camel. And what did you take out? You took out the shear for, your, for, for a para. You didn't take the full shear for a camel. And therefore, you didn't take out the full shear for Shabbos. That is the opinion of Rav Yosef. So Abaya, who's the Talmud of Rav Yosef, he tells his Rabbi Adarabah, doesn't make sense. The way Rav Yochanan originally thought that one would be chayev, that makes more sense. Why the hachazi lapara? It's fitting for a cow. So you're right, you had in mind to feed your animal, you have to feed your camel. But you took out the minimum share that a cow would be able to eat. Why do I care what you had in mind? At the end of the day, you took out something that's haitzah. So, machoikas. Comes along Ravin, Elakiasa Ravin, when Ravin came. Uh, from Eretz Yisrael, Amar, he said, Someone who takes Tevin, the size of a, of a par the Kuli Amalei In that case, everyone agrees you're Chayev. Just like Abayah said, that when it comes to uh, carrying outside, so as long as I took out the minimum share, what did I take out? I took out straw. So, what's the size for straw? Well, what's the minimum share? It could feed a cow? Yes. Could it feed a, a camel? No. But it could feed a cow? So I'm Chayev. Who cares that I decided to feed my camel? But keep pleading, but might see 
when he took out atza. Now, atza was this uh, funny straw that came from these beans, which was uh, edible for camels. And you took out kimloi pipara, but you took it out lepara. You took it out for a cow. Now, cows did not eat this atza. They only ate, uh, what do you call it? They only ate straw. If you know cows have different stomachs than camels, I in a hilchas kashrus. That's why a camel is not kosher, and a cow is kosher. Uh, so they have different stomachs. And uh, you took out camel food for the size uh, of a para, right? The size that a para would be able to eat, but it's camel food. So what's the machlekes? And the machlekes, you just change the two opinions. So if you're chayiv, when you brought camel food for the cow. What's the machlekes? Rabbi Yechanan Amar Potter. Rabbi Yechanan says you're Potter. Why? Achila al yedeat chak loishma achila. That the animal doesn't like this. It's shasat chak. If the cow has no choice, he'll eat these things. He'll eat this machal behema, and therefore this machal gamo. Okay, he'll eat it. But that's not called achila, and therefore you should not be chayiv for carrying this on Shabbos. Since the cow, if that's all you're going to feed him, that's his only option, he's going to eat uh, this camel food, that is still called achila ha'edetchak, is shma achila. That's called achila. Okay, so yeah, but that was the machlokes. According to Ravin, that's the machlokes Rabbi Yechon and Mishlokes regarding eating food that's that's only you know edible. Is that called food? In regards to Achila, and that's your Machal, I guess. Next, the Mishnah said Amir. You had this Amir, some other type of uh, of, uh, of stalks. So those are Kimloi Pitala, the size of a sheep's mouth. So the Gemara says, Vatani, we looked in a Brisa, it's Kagroi Garas, the size of a dry fig. So the Gemara says, Edi Vidi Chachiru, it's the same shear. The size of a dried fig is the same size as the mouth full of a sheep. So that's why you do not have a contradiction. Okay, one more uh, technical Gemara here. Ali shum ba'ali b'tzalim lachim kagregeres. So the Mishnah said, if you have these leaves of garlic and, and onions, so it depends if it's uh, lachim, if it's moist and edible for human consumption, it's kagregeres. The shear of a gregeres, the dried fig, v'yavashim, if it dried out, kimloi piagdi, the size of the mouthful of a goat. And the Mishnah said, v'aim and start, this is what we're going to focus on, v'aim and start from zemzeb, they do not combine with each other. If you're eating two different types of foods, they will not combine each other with each other. It's not shava in the in the shear of of uh, of eating. So this is an interesting halacha. It comes up, you know, in Hilchas bracha achreina or shilas regarding Yom Kippur. Let's say a person is only allowed to. Let's say a person is eating shiurim on Yom Kippur. So they uh, I don't know they have diabetes or something, and the paisik tells them they should eat. Pachis mikashir every uh, every nine minutes whatever your rough says. So the question is, do they have to eat, you know, the, the the liquids and food? Do they have to be separate? So it really depends on this gemara. It seems like when it's not shavet b'shiurim has different shiurim. Liquids are uh, are revius, and the solids would be you know kazayas. So it's different shiurim. So that would be a good shaila. So let's see. Amr Rabbi Yosef Bar Chanina emet starfin lechamer shabahen meaning. The, if I have a minimum share, let's say, let's say I have two items. So let's say A, we'll, we'll just use ounces to be, to be simplistic here. We have food A, 
And food A, the minimum share is one ounce, and food B, the minimum share is two ounces, okay? So let's say I have half ounce of food A and half ounce of food B. Should, should that combine? So that we say no. To make it more machmed than I'm on Shabbos, we don't say that because B needs a bigger share in order to be chayev. So just because A needs one ounce, B needs two ounces, so half an ounce each are not going to combine to one, okay? However, let's say I have 1.5 of B and I have 0.5 of A. So even in B's life, right? Here we go. We'll start again. A, the shear for A is one ounce. The shear for B is two ounces. Okay? I have 1.5 of B and 0.5 of A. Should that combine for B? Yeah, because A has a smaller shear. So Comes along, Rabbi Yosef and says, Yes. At some point, you're going to have to be mitzdarfen. What do you mean? Any time that the shear is a. Uh, is is uh is not shove it. You're allowed to be mitzdarfit. You could just combine it. You know, lechumra, whatever, lekula, the the maximum. You can't do that. So that's not within the Mishnah. It's a very interesting Mishnah here. Mishnah and Kalim. So we had this way back a few times. The minimum size shear of a bege that's makabel tuma. So this might sound familiar. Ha bege. Let's see. You have a article of clothing. So in order for it to be metame tumas midras. So the Mishnah says ha bege three tvachim by three tvachim. Vahasak, and you have the sack of uh, that was made out of these uh, feathers from from goats, some these uh, the uh, what do you call it, the flocking of goats. So that is arbal arba four tvachim by four tvachim. The ar leather, in order to be makabel tum, it has to be the size of chamisha al chamisha five tvachim by five tvachim, and maputz a mat. That has to be the size of shisha shisha. Six tvachim by six tvachim. Anyways, they have a list of items, minimum size, that they would be makabotama. The Taniyala and the Gemara in Me'ila brings this Mishnah, and it says, all these things, they could combine with each other. So, so far, so good. If they could combine with each other, that sounds fine. We're asking a kasha from this. So what is the kasha? Because the Gemara says like this, there said, What's the reason why two things, a, uh, a leather cloth and a, let's say, a, a, a mat or a leather and sock, they could combine? What could they combine for Tuma? Because they're fitting to be Metame Moisha. What does this mean? So Rashi explains that let's say you had, uh, you had these two things and they made up a patch. Either they they were two separate patches. So often when we discuss Tomas uh, Moishev, you're discussing the saddle of a donkey. So let's say the saddle of a donkey that had a hole in it, and it wasn't really a baguette, but then you patched it up. And you use two different things to patch it. Either you combine these two in one patch, or you use two separate separate patches. The halach is, according to Rav Shimon, that since a person doesn't really care, it's a patch. I don't care what material it is. It's a good patch. So since these things could combine through a patch, so obviously they could combine for Tumas Midras. So what's their Arkasha? Taima, the only reason why two different types of clothing could be Mitzdarev, could combine to make the minimum shear, that's the Ruin Litami Moshe, because they're able to combine as a patch. If, if in our case, where there's, there's no Tumas Moshe, we're not discussing Tumas Moshe, we're trying to figure out the size of carrying on Shabbos. So uh, a person would not be able to 
to have tziruf from two different things. So we go back to the original kasha. Why did you tell me that if I have A and B, 1.5, and what my, my example I gave, that at some point it's going to mitzdarif? That's not true. You never mitzdarif two different shurim. So on my rabba, rabba says, hachanami chazil dogma. There would be a case where you would actually combine it, and the example is ledugma. What's dogma? Dogma is a sample. Not like ledugma means, for example, but dogma means a sample. Look at Rashi, top line, Ayin Vav Amir Beis, the second uh, Rashi there. Mishiyesh limchar so tzoyver mikulon. Someone who's selling something tzoyver, you combine like a tzibar, you tzoyver mikulon. V'noisin lefnei chaloyna, you put it in front of your window. Laharois shiyesh limchar mikulon. So you have a sample kit. In that sample kit, you will combine different types of food. So you, you're telling me that things never combine with each other unless we see it combines, you know, one specific time. I found you the case. When would be a, a situation where you would combine different things when it comes to a sample? When you're sampling different items, you would take less than the share. Let's say you're sampling candy, you're sampling or animal food, if that's the, you know, the industry you're in. You would put out something that's less than the share by your food show to uh, so people could sample it, even though you're not having the full reviews, and therefore it could be mitzdarif, at least le chumrah. Okay, that is that Gemara. Next. Zot the Mishnah. So, top line, I involve Ahmed Bez. The Mishnah says like this Hamoitzi Eichlin, someone who, who uh, carries food, he takes food out. What's the share? Kagroi Geras, the share of a dried fig. So that is the minimum size share where a person would be chayav achatos for carrying on Shabbos. Umistar from Zamzat. When it comes to anta, to human food, they all the foods combine with each other. Nipnesha shavu b'shurin. It's the same share. Since it's the same share, all human food, chocolate and candy and cookies, it's all the same share. So if it all adds up to a groi Geras, one is chayav achatos. Chutz, except mikli pasan, the uh, the klipa, the peel of fruits, the garinein, the the garinein, the seeds, the uktsein, and the stems. These things do not combine for the shear of a gregaris, which means let's say a person took out a orange and it was the exact shear of a gregaris. So you take you uh, you uh, minus the peel, he doesn't have the shear, he would not bring a carbon chatas. What else? The suban umursanan. And two more things, one is soup and one is morsan. So they're different types of bran, not so clear in the, you know, many of the pies can discuss this, not so clear exactly what different parts of the bran it is, but either way, different parts of the bran, those would not be counted as your share because they were considered garbage. So the Gemara is going to get into this, uh, the brand business, so we'll speak about it in a moment. Rabbi Huda. Would that also be like, like Garnim, like specifically, I mean, when you not count like the same, you, the food is the seeds, but it seems to be like they're excluded because like seeds are excluded. I mean, so so in that case, would you like count the would you count the actual? Right. So the, it's only like I would say only a peel that people don't eat. Let's say an apple peel uh, would would be counted, or so garinim is the shell wouldn't be counted, even though people like uh, eating the the salt, right? The the, the little right. salt, but. I think most people don't eat the seeds, the actual shell, so that would not be counted. But the seed is the main fruit. Peels, how about peels that are used for like zest or something? You don't I mean, really eat it, but you use it. I mean orange peels, right? Yeah, or lemon peels. Lemon peels. Yeah, I'm not sure. You have to figure out what is considered edible today. What, I mean, meaning what, what do people consider edible? That's really the question. You know? 
Gotcha. In certain places, a cooked potato peel is, is, is good. You know, it adds some flavor. People do eat, they wouldn't eat the peel plain, I mean, usually, but it, but it's still something, right? Okay. Next, Rabbi Huda Eimer, Chutz Meklipi Adashin Shemesbashishiman. This rule of Klipais that doesn't apply to Klipe Adashin, the lentil peels, Shemesbashishiman, because those things are cooked together with the beans. So those things would be counted and combined for a the shear of a uh, a gregaris. And again, that's anything that's eaten with the peel, so those would be counted, clearly counted for the shear. Next, so one of the items in the Mishnah was klipa, that a, a, a peel, and, sorry, one of the items in the Mishnah was suba no morsanon, the bran. So the Gemara, and the Gemara, and the Mishnah said, the bran doesn't add up. So if you're taking a... Uh, uh, a bread that has some bran in it, it seems like they wouldn't add. So the Gemara says, the suba no morsen and lime and starfin, they don't combine for the shear, but now we're to the Mishnah in Chala. The Mishnah says, chamesha servam kemach v'oid, you need a little bit of, you need chamesha servam, you need uh, five quarters of of a, of a, of, of a kav, of flour, v'oid and a little bit more, chayav and mechal, that makes someone chayav and chala. So if you do the math, just to go a little off topic, but it's very interesting. If you do the math, it ends up being, I just did the math two seconds ago and I lost it on my calculator, 10.8 cups. So that's that's my psak. Again, I try to tell people to do a little more, but my psak would be based on Ramesh Feinstein in, uh, in his, his uh, in Hilchus, uh, you know, Pesach and other places that, that um, if you're using flour that's, more, using more than 10.8 cups of flour once you separate challah and I would say with a bracha as well so you know it's very interesting that sometimes people are, are baking things and they're not making challah so they're making cake or they're making I don't know different things danishes and they don't realize you're, you're you know if you're using a certain amount of flour you're you're high in challah it's called pas it might be pas above a kisten you might make a mazinus in it but uh, you know especially when people bake things to sell they don't realize that, you know, especially when they're doing without ashkacha, they don't realize that at some point, you know, you're making so much of it, you're chayev and challah. So usually you want to make use so much flour when you bake cookies, you know, for your own family, but you're baking cookies for hundreds of people. Once you're using more than 10.8 cups of flour, my psak is you would have to uh, make a bracha. And everyone agrees you have to separate challah. The chiddush I'm saying tonight is that you would actually make a bracha beyond 10.8 fluid, uh, uh, 10.8 cups of flour. So that's really my chamesh yisravam kemach v'ayin. Now, either way, the, the Mishnah there says, hain the suban or morsanon. That is talking about themselves and the bran. Now, by the way, that means if you're using whole wheat flour, We'll, we'll discuss contemporary holy flower in a moment, but all these things combine. So it sounds like they combine for the shear. So if it combines for the shear, and I'm chayv and chala, let's say I had 10.8 cups of flour. I do the math, I know it's about between 10 and 16% bran. I'm still chayv and chala, so it combines for the shear. So why are you telling me that on Shabbos, carrying it outside, it doesn't combine, but on Hilchas Chala it does? So Amra Abaya, Abaya says it depends. Shekin ani pita be'isa the poor people, they wouldn't uh, bother with removing the bran from the from their flour. So therefore, they would leave it in there. Since they would leave it in there, so then 
that would be their normal bread, and therefore they'd be chayav and challah. And the Rishonim explained that our mission is discussing when you actually removed it and put it back in. So if you look in Shulchan Aruch, in Simon Shin Chaf Dalar, in Yaredea, Hilchas HaFresh HaShchalah, the Shulchan Aruch makes this distinction. And it's fascinating how for many years nobody really thought about it until recently. So the Shulchan Aruch says it really depends how you make your holy bread. If you just use a regular stone mill and you grind the flour, you don't remove the bran, so you have your regular shir challah of 10.8 cups, or your five pounds that uh, they teach in Beis Yaakov, okay? So, your regular shir challah. However, the Shulchan Aruch says, let's say I remove the bran, the bran is really the garbage. So you take out the bran, right? It doesn't have a good taste, you don't really digest it, you take out the bran, the fiber, and then you put it back in later on, so that's not considered part of the bread, and therefore it doesn't combine for the shear. That is the Psak and Shulchan Aruch. So for many years, hundreds of years, nobody really cared about it. Because if you got whole wheat flour, so it was, it was combined in the shear. So recently, number of dozens of years ago so some of the companies when whole wheat started coming back in many companies realized the reason why people didn't like whole wheat is because when you use one mill for the entire uh for the entire wheat berry so you end up getting a inconsistent um uh, texture and it just tastes doesn't doesn't taste doesn't taste good so what they started doing is they sift out they they remove the bran and they'll process the bran separately in a different mill different machinery to get it the same texture as your regular white flour, and then they'll add it back in. So what for hundreds of years, nobody even thought of. Now, late, uh, you know, late 20th century, they started doing this again by adding it back, adding the brand back in, getting an exact percentage of whole wheat, and adding the brand back in. So they have a Shiloh regarding challah. So the truth is, if you're using my 10.8 ounce measurement, so then the truth is if you're using whole wheat flour, You'd have to be a little more machmir, add another cup and a half, add about 10%, between 10 and 15%, because the brand was added back in. Now, there are companies, especially the smaller ones, I can name you a few, that we give hashkacha to, they use ancient methods of, of, uh, of, uh, of milling, they call it stone milling, there's no FDA regulation, you can call it whatever you want, but the companies that, that uh, pride themselves on ancient methods of of grinding wheat, they they use the stone method and they never remove the bran. So we have companies they never remove the bran, they leave it in the entire time and there's no shot. And by the way, this comes up a few places. It comes up in Hilchas Chala. It comes up in Bracha Achreina. The Mishabur discusses you need a kezayis to make a bracha achreina. What if you had a kezayis of a whole wheat cookie? You, you, you had just the kezayis. So does that 10% of bran, does that add to the shear? He also brings it up in Hilchas Matzah. So many of the uh, matzah bakeries, especially in the Hasidish world, they're makbit to get whole wheat uh, flour that uses the ancient stone, they, they say stone ground whole wheat, and you, you're looking at the box, like what do I care how they ground the, the matzah? I'm paying $35 a pound, <laughs> what do you care? Just, you know, but the reason why they're doing stone ground is because everyone's busy makbit on the kezayas. If you tell me that it's not stone ground, I gotta get another 12% on my kezayas, and therefore there are those that do this extra credit. By the way, la halacha one could be mekel, and the reason why uh, the reason why this was not doesn't combine to the shear was because it wasn't normal to put it back in. But the place can say, let's say today in today's world where 99% of mills are putting it back, are removing it, separating and putting it back into your whole wheat bagels, whole wheat breads, it becomes normal to eat it like that. So then they would combine for the shear. But either way, that's just uh, some uh, some some. 
interesting halachas that come, this is the only Gemara that discusses it, that it depends on if it was added back or removed. One more Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, Aymer Chutz Miklipi Adashim Hamnes Bashle Siman. So Rabbi Yehuda said, Although when it comes to peels, they do not combine for the shear of carrying it outside. However, if they're used in cooking, the klipe adashim, those combine for the shear. Adashim in poilin loy, only lentils, but not your regular beans. Vatani went in a bright serb, yudoimer. Chutz me klipe poilin vaadashim. Both regular beans and lentil beans. So the Gemara says, like Kasha. It depends. New ones versus old ones. Why? So atiki my time Why? Why wouldn't people not cook the old beans in their shells? Since they're black, and because they they aged and now they're black, they look like flies in your plate, and therefore nobody wanted to cook with these peels, and it didn't you know it didn't look appetizing, and therefore nobody would cook it. So the reason why. We didn't throw in pylon because pylon it really depends how uh, how fresh the product is, and that would that would uh, tell us if someone would use it for their cooking. Okay, we're gonna finish. We're gonna stop here. Just gotta go. How can Allah klagado? So tomorrow we'll get into the uh, the next Mishnah. Hamaytziyayin continuing the halachas of haitza and Shabbos and halachas of food. How much of the food do you have to take out in order to be high of haitza? Okay, shvayach. Schreier.